0: Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com/slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, October 6th: Herschel Walker doubling down on his denials, but questions still growing among Republicans about how the campaign has handled the latest allegations. On Tuesday's episode of the podcast, go listen and check it out if you haven't. We took a look at Herschel Walker facing these allegations, first reported in The Daily Beast that he funded the abortion that a woman was having back in 2009. Well, with each passing day, this story is growing, not diminishing. And The Daily Beast was out with yet another Bombshell report where it still doesn't identify the woman, but now says that the woman, not only did she have an abortion, but she's actually the mother of one of his children. That leads us to the political fallout of this story, which is Herschel Walker continuing to deny all of these allegations. He has called it a flat out lie. He continued to do so today on conservative radio with Hugh Hewitt and at a press availability with reporters after a campaign event in Georgia today. But I want you to listen to the interchange here that Walker had with Hugh Hewitt this morning on the radio because it does meander a bit. Is there anything you need to be forgiven for vis-a-vis a woman whose name we do not know? Do you know who this woman is and do you need to be forgiven? Well, that's, that's what's so funny. And I'm saying I've been forgiven because of all of the things I did when I went to my, when uh the thing with my ex-wife and all that and things I did. I don't know how many years ago that I wrote in my book. I said, guys, I wasn't perfect. I had my problem with mental health and I hate to say I've been born again, but I, I have a new life and I, I've been moving forward and, 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 and And if that had happened, I would have said there's nothing to be ashamed of there. You know, people have done that, but I know nothing about it. And if I knew about it, I would be honest and talk about it. But I know nothing about that. So there's that part in there where he says, if that had happened, I would have said it. There's nothing to be ashamed of there. And that had a lot of head scratching because if there's nothing to be ashamed of in getting an abortion, how does he square that with his support for a national abortion ban with no exceptions at 15 weeks. He was asked about that today at a press availability in Georgia, and here's how Walker attempted to clarify. I was talking about something totally different than what this did happen. I said when I, with my ex-wife in my past, nothing to do with what this woman said. So I said that- this, this here, the abortion thing is false. It's a lie. And that's what I said. I said, anything happened with my ex wife or what Christian was talking about, I don't know. But as I said, if anything happened, there's nothing to be ashamed of it because my ex wife and I have been the best of friends with her husband and my wife. Now, again, CNN has not independently corroborated the reporting in the Daily Beast. But it is also worth noting that Herschel Walker, other than stating denials that it's a lie, has provided zero evidence. That proves his point that these allegations are untrue. And my colleague, Gabby Orr, spoke to a whole bunch of Republican operatives and sources close to Walker, and they are eager for him to ramp up his efforts at pushing back on these allegations. In fact, one person close to the campaign told Orr that they wanted more of a, quote, Trumpian response from Walker in this scenario. Publicly, the Walker campaign has touted a recent fundraising boost in the wake of allegations. And privately, it's telling allies that it has evidence to allegedly disprove the allegations and that the campaign is eyeing the debate next Friday between Warnock and Walker as a good time to release that. Which is a bit of an odd thing to say, because when you're drowning in allegations and your campaign is back on its heels day after day, if you really do have evidence to present and refute the allegations, you would think you would get that out immediately. The big question remains in this Georgia race, which is, is this going to sway any voters? And that's actually what we should keep our eye on going forward. As for other parts of the Senate battleground, We have brand new CNN-exclusive polling in two critical states, Arizona and Nevada. Fascinating results out of these states. We have razor-thin contests in almost every race we tested in the poll, governor's races, Senate races, the Secretary of State's races. Only in one of the six races we tested across the two states, the Senate race in Arizona, Did one candidate actually have a narrow lead over another? That was Democrat Mark Kelly with a slight lead over his Republican challenger, Blake Masters. The two of them debate tonight, Thursday night, in Arizona. But all the other contests are within the margin of error. No clear leader. Among likely voters in Nevada, Republican Adam Laxalt, 48 percent. To Catherine Cortez Masto, the incumbent Democrats, 46 percent. We see the same thing there in the governor's race. And in that governor's race in Arizona between Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake, we show in our poll that Hobbs is at 49 percent and Lake is at 46 percent among likely voters. But again, within the margin of error, no clear leader in that race. But beyond the horse race numbers, what is most evident and most interesting and revealing in these poll numbers is That the political terrain here really does seem more advantageous for the Republican Party. I mean, the economy and inflation is the number one issue voters have far and above everything else. The second issue is abortion, and that is like 30 percentage points lower for voters than the economy and inflation. You also see that clear majorities in both Arizona and Nevada think the economy is worsening in their states, not getting better. That's pretty key. And then among likely voters in both states, Joe Biden's approval rating is at 41 percent, nearly 60 percent disapprove. So his numbers are rather upside down. So then why are Republicans not just walking away with these contests? Well, that gets to Mitch McConnell's old comment about candidate quality, perhaps. Blake Master's unfavorable ratings are much higher than Mark Kelly's in Arizona. That can explain why he's trailing there. Adam Laxalt's unfavorables are high, too, just not as much of a discrepancy with Cortez Masto. But that may be keeping her competitive in this race. And in the Secretary of State's contests in both of these states, it's razor thin. I mean, we are showing a margin of error race. And remember, each of the Republican nominees in these states are committed election deniers. So it's very possible that people who deny the reality that Joe Biden won both of those states in 2020 could potentially be in charge of the election systems in those states in 2024. I mean, listen to Liz Cheney, who was in Arizona just this week, on why she would not vote for either the Republican nominee for governor or secretary of state in Arizona. We cannot give people power who have told us that they will not honor elections. I don't know that I have ever voted for a Democrat. Um, But if I lived in Arizona now, I absolutely would. In a 50-50 divided Senate, any one of these races, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, could be the linchpin to which party controls the majority and sets the agenda in the United States Senate. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts.